Oh, what's up, church? How we doing? That video gets you fired up on a Sunday night, man. It's good to see you guys. You guys came back and you invited friends. Welcome back. It's good to see your faces. Um, if you uh, haven't figured it out yet, uh, we are an imperfect church. You just met my brother like a minute ago. Um, we proudly say we're imperfect people just doing our best to pursue a perfect God. And so um, you found the fun church. You did not find the perfect church, but you did find the fun church. And this is the rowdy service. And so if you guys feel like shouting down, if one person starts clapping in here, everybody has to start clapping, okay? That's the new rule. We're trying to have some fun, man. Last night, Last night, we had Chinese food delivered to the house, like you do, you know? And uh, I had um, sesame chicken, spicy, just in case you were with fried rice. Why would you get regular rice when you could get fried rice? But I had the, the fortune cookie, which is supposed to be fun. Like you open the fortune cookie, you're like, I'm guaranteed to get like something good. My fortune said, um, what did it say? It said, have some fun while you can, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I'm just like, that's so dark of like a fortune, like, I don't know who it is that types those things, like whoever that guy is, but like, I did not appreciate that. I went out back and I burnt it. I like, I took a lighter and I burnt the fortune cookie, like not today, devil, not today. And so, but anyways, it, it like, it did speak to me because I'm, I'm like trying to have fun in this sermon while I can, whatever it means, I'm not sure. So if I'm having fun, you guys can have fun. We'll have fun at church. Um, whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, whatever you believe, you have a home in this place and you're welcomed here and you're loved here. And I mean that with all of my heart, man. Our mission statement as a church is to make heaven more crowded by being a front porch to welcome home prodigals, AKA anybody who just feels far from God. And that includes people who have never met Jesus. Um, I know a lot of people who have met Jesus who, and maybe that was a while ago and they feel far from God even post salvation, right? And so whoever you are, our goal, like, our, like really why we do what we do is so that people can come here and feel like it's the front porch of their home. You know what I mean? Like we want this to be an easy place that you're proud to invite friends to. When people say like, oh, I'm proud to invite invite my friend to your church, my roommate to your church. That's like, I'll like start tearing up if you tell me that. That's the best compliment that you could ever give us, man. It really is. And uh, last week we talked about um, the, the prodigal son and how it's the simple gospel. And it's, it's crazy and kind of a scandalous story that is so illogical and so against the air that we breathe. Um, and it's, so, it's a story that we will never outgrow, straight from the imagination of Jesus Christ and something that you can never hear enough and never graduate from, right? Because we're, we're so prone to think about the gospel logically. All right, that like, and God is so illogical. People tell me sometimes like, man, you, you preach about like the simple gospel, like a lot, like let's dig deeper, like let's, let's go on to something else. And we will unpack the mysteries of God here, like as best as human beings can understand the mysteries of God, right? But we will, we will never graduate beyond that because I'm like, man, like you know it here, but you don't live like you know it here. <laughs> You don't live like you know it here, I promise. If we, if we truly understood the gospel, then our lives would look completely like different. You, can you cannot hear it enough in this lifetime and you will not hear it enough here. We need it constantly. And um, that's like the sermon that's before the sermon that's before the sermon. That was part one. It's not gonna be a long night, I promise you, in case you panicked as soon as I said that. But the, the next thing I wanted to say um, is uh, it's been on my heart and like we'll do like a, like a bigger message on this sometime in the future, but um, it, 
Like, thank you for coming and thank you for inviting friends. And my challenge to you, keep coming, keep inviting friends because here's what I believe with all of my heart, guys, is happening like right now in the point of history that we're in, in cities like Austin, cities like Denver or Seattle or Brussels or Melbourne or, or Portland, right? Like this thing called secularism has kind of been at high tide. And the air that all of us have been breathing is kind of this unspoken lie that, um, or this unspoken promise, if you will, that you you can find everything that your soul is looking for in this life apart from God, right? That's why a lot of people move to this city, like, oh, move to Austin, like, you'll find what you're looking for here. People are open-minded here, right? And this is an amazing city. And for a season, for a season, secularism kind of delivers on that promise, for a season. In other words, secularism works until, until it doesn't work anymore, right? And, and here's, here, here's where I believe we're at. And man, I believe this with all my heart. This is not just my opinion. This is like a conviction based on so many conversations and prayer and reality and observations. But man, I believe like secularism has been at high tide and, it, and the tide's gonna start to go out as it, as it continues to not deliver on what it's been promising. And meanwhile, something is shifting and Christianity is gonna move from low tide to high tide. People have said, oh, like don't plant a church in Austin it's not gonna grow there. And, and I just believe, man, we have the privilege of planting a church in this city while something is shifting, while Christianity is kind of taking the place of secularism here. Jesus is becoming more beautiful and beautiful every day, every week, every year to people in our city because as Katniss Everdeen would, would say, preach Katniss, fire is catching, something is shifting. People are hungry and thirsty for something more, something bigger and people are realizing more and more how in need they are of a savior. And as that happens, Jesus will become more beautiful. And so my challenge to you, do not hesitate now more than ever to invite your people to church to meet Jesus or to talk about Jesus to your people. You are not burdening them. You, are, you, you might be answering the deepest questions and longing of their, of their entire life, right? Like this is the greatest news in the world. This is the key to heaven forever, but not just that, abundant life in the here and now. And I just have to believe, man, I have to believe that ears are opening unlike ever before. And people will just begin to hear something that maybe they've not heard before just by us simply opening our mouths and being agents of invitation to introduce our people to the creator of everything, amen? Okay, that was the sermon after the sermon that's before the real sermon. This is, uh, this is now part two of our series called Awake. And um, I'm so excited about this. If you were here last week, you, you kind of heard that this series, what we're talking about is dreaming big, but then actually living better, right? Like we all understand just because you have a warm body doesn't necessarily mean that you're living alive, right? Like the key to living awake is eventually you gotta, you gotta wake up from the dream and actually do the dream, actually live the dream. And this is real, like this resonates with us as a church right now because that's the season that we're in, right? Like that's what we're doing. Let me remind you of Ephesians 3.12. Here it is. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask, all that we could imagine, all that we could pray, right? According to his power that is at work within us. And so never doubt God's ability to accomplish amazing things in and through human beings who are simply just willing. And the thesis for today is, man, we're, we're called to dream bigger and live better, but we do that by seeing longer. 
Anything is possible with God if given enough time. Somebody said it this way. As human beings, we dramatically overestimate what we can accomplish in one year, and we really underestimate what we could accomplish in five years or 10 years, like what God could do in me and through me in 30 years or a lifetime if I gave him that lifetime, right? Like the ceiling is off for what God can do through willing people who simply just give him the time to do it. And where we're gonna be right now is John chapter 15. If you don't have your Bibles, that's fine. Uh, It'll be up on the screen. This is a very famous uh, passage of scripture. If you've grown up in church, you'll recognize it. But this is Jesus talking. So this is red letters in your Bible, okay? He says this, I am the true sprouting vine and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches. So this is a metaphor, right? Like we're, we're picking up on that. This is like a metaphorically, each one of us is a branch with potential to bear fruit, okay? Branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you, uh, listen to this, the words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you, okay? And so let me just like maybe put your heart at ease. Jesus is saying, hey, like salvation has already happened. Like this is not a question of like heaven forever or heaven not, right? Like he's like, like salvation is in God's hands, not yours. It was his performance, not ours that guarantees that. Jesus is saying, hey, the words I have already spoken you have cleansed you. He's speaking to Christians now. He's saying, okay, let's, let's move past that because yeah, heaven forever then and there, but in the here and now, like I got abundant life and like um, his calling for our lives as Christians is to have fruitful futures and to live lives that are loud and effective right like and that's that's how good your God is by the way that he does not save you and then leave you right that's not the point of this whole thing he saves you and then calls you forward into something bigger and God wants a fruitful future in your life you have way too much potential to take to the grave with you when all of this is said and done. And he's calling us to live awake in the here and now. And he's about to give us the key, like the key to living an effective life like this week. He's gonna say this right here, remain in me. (laughs) Remain, remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are the branches. And as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness, I love this. This just sounds like you're at a spot listening to this. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. And so it's a, it's a common story in the church to have a saved soul and at the very same time somewhat of a, of a wasted life where there's so much God-given potential that never converts into, into something real, right? And, and, and just hear this, God doesn't need anything from us, all right? That's great news, by the way. Like, the world has a savior and it's not any of us. Like, when I learned that lesson, like, that was like 20 pounds lifted off of me, right? Like, God, he doesn't need you, but he wants you. Make no mistake, so badly he wants you. He invites you into the story that he is writing, the greatest story the universe will ever know. You have an invitation to be a part of it, not because he needs you, but because this God wants you. He wants you and he wants you to experience fruit 
in your future, fruit in your life. And I think all of us want to live like effectively, right? Like every, everywhere we go, every job we're at, we're like, I wanna do something that makes a difference. Like I understand I'm not just here to survive life. I'm not, I'm not called to live my life as if the whole point of this whole thing, the goal is to arrive safely at death one day, right? Like I understand somewhere deep in me that man, I'm called to something bigger than myself and I am called to leave it all on the table in this thing, on this side of eternity, right? And, and risk and, and build and feel deeply and love deeply, right? And give and serve and plant that business or start that family or raise those kids. Like those things are the fruit that comes from a life that is lived fully awake. Your fruit are the things in your life that will out live you. You're a part of something bigger. You are a part of something bigger. And Jesus is giving us the key right here. As you live in life union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you, will stream from within you. And so Ethan, will you come up here for a second? Since this sermon is about fruit, the next 30 seconds have nothing to do with anything other than it's a public speaking tool to make sure you never forget you never forget tonight in the topic of tonight. So I'm about to give you the sermon topic. Oh, let me give you that. And it's about fruit. And so I'm going to juggle fruit while you repeat after me. Does that sound good? All right, here we go. Dear God, be with me. This is really bright. And so you're good? Are you good? Okay. Okay. Just hold on. Okay, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's fruit in my future. Now turn to your other neighbor, your second choice for whatever reason and say, neighbor, there's fruit in your future. We should just start the whole sermon over from the beginning. Guys, welcome to Red Rocks Church. We're a bunch of imperfect people doing our best to pursue a perfect God. You have a home here. You are welcome here, regardless of where you've been or what you've done. This is a front porch for prodigals. Katniss Everdeen says that fire is catching in Austin. So we're not gonna do the whole thing, but thank you, bro. I appreciate that. You can keep those, man. Congratulations, Ethan, congratulations. There is fruit in my future. So I think prayers count more when you just juggle, like three, it'll count, three, there were three oranges there. So this is, God's gonna hear this like three times as much as, that sounded funnier in my head before I got into that joke. Let's just pray. And then, and then we're gonna get into this. God, we love you so much. And I thank you for this, for this service. I thank you for this church. I thank you for everybody who made it into this space on a Sunday evening, everybody listening to this at a later time. Holy Spirit, I just trust that you're gonna speak to all of us individually, God. Would you do your thing? Speak, because we're listening right now. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. All right, guys, really quick. How cool. Like, will you give it up for our production team back here? They're awesome. Paul and the whole crew work so hard, work so hard for a church service so we can come in here and experience God. We've got a great production team. We've also got like a pretty cool production setup for a church plant. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but like we've got like a lot of cool stuff. The point of the stuff, just so you know, the whole point why we do this is to create an environment where it's easy to experience God. And we're just trying to glorify him with as much excellence as we can possibly give him because he deserves it, right? But here's, here's what I'm learning. That like, and this is a metaphor, okay? so go with me, but the stuff has so much potential. Like this microphone, those TVs, all the lights, like these speakers, there is so much potential here, but the, but the potential becomes powerless or pointless when it gets cut off from the power. 
Right? It's called, oh yeah, there it is. It's called electricity. Thank you, Ben Franklin. I used to think Ben Franklin invented electricity. I, did, I just figured out that he actually discovered it. Jesus, or God, invented electricity. Language is really good at flying. So here's my, here's my point. These speakers, this microphone, those TVs, these lights, there is so much potential in here, but if you cut potential off from the power source, it becomes pointless. Okay, so we power back up right now. Thank you, guys. Power back up. Potential without power becomes pointless. It becomes pointless. And if there's that many P's in one sentence, you know it's prophetic. Okay, so I'm speaking uh, with technology because it's 2019, um, but, tw but back in Jesus' day, he didn't have technology, and so, but they did have trees, and so Jesus spoke to everybody using trees, but the metaphor is exactly the same, okay? So when Jesus said, hey, I'm the vine and each of you are a branch, metaphorically, I'm a branch and you are a branch, right? Now, the purpose of a branch is the fruit that it produces, but a branch only produces fruit when it remains connected to the vine, right? To the, to the, to the trunk, to the stem, to the source, okay? Potential only matters when it converts into produce, when it converts into fruit, and, it, and, and potential is powerless and pointless if there's no power, okay? And so, and I've heard a pastor uh, give the best uh, dating advice I ever heard using this idea of potential. Potential is kind of cheap, right? Because everybody has it. Potential does not necessarily make each of us special because everybody in this place has God-given potential. Even Ethan has God-given potential on his life, okay? And so, like, it, it doesn't set you apart as much as we like to think. And so when you're dating or looking for a future spouse, do not look for their potential of who they could be then. Look at their patterns in the here and now. Because 10 years from now, they will just be an exaggerated version. I will just be an exaggerated version of who I am now. Future me is really not all that mysterious, right? Like if you're, if you're greedy and mean now, you will be greedier and meaner then. If you're generous and kind now, you will be kinder and more generous then. Like it's not that big of a mystery. So guys, don't look at her potential then, look at her patterns now. Ladies, don't look at his potential then and what he could maybe kind of be one day if possible if he's like my project that I work on with the Holy Spirit. Like, right, don't, don't look at that. Look at the patterns now because potential, who cares? Seriously, like potential is a dime a dozen and it only matters when it produces something real. Like all that will matter at the end of your life is what you did, not, not what you had potential to do, right? The way that you love people, not the potential love that you have to give that you never gave, right? You were not designed to bring untapped potential with you to the grave one day. When branches remain, there is, fr there is fruit in the future, all right? There's fruit in the future. And so when a branch gets severed from the source, and, and no orange trees were harmed in the making of this sermon, okay? I give you that. I crafted this. I'm so crafty with hot glue earlier today. This is fake. This is from Target. No trees were harmed. But this, imagine this got severed from the source, okay? Potential without power is pointless. Who cares? That's why when this service is over on my way to the car, I'll probably throw this branch with all of its potential into the dumpster, because it's no longer remaining connected to the source and potential without power is pointless. It's pointless and Jesus is challenging us, man, can you, can you remain? Can you remain? Now, 
I'm preaching to me because I have a harder time with this than just about anything else. Because I'm a guy who loves to like get out ahead of God. I'm always dreaming of like, what's the next thing? What's the future? Like, let's go there like yesterday, right? Like, um, what's, what's the new thing? Like sometimes like the new thing can be the ultimate thing that distracts us from the current thing because new is shiny and who doesn't like shiny? The problem is that new turns to old overnight. And so new is not a destination. It's like this endless eternal chase that leaves you always looking to like the next horizon. I'm a next horizon kind of guy, right? Like the next season of my life, man, that's when I'm gonna find like the fulfillment. Like as soon as I move there or as soon as I begin that chapter or as soon as, as soon as, as soon as, whatever it is, like that's me. There's all, like there is magic over the next horizon to all of us until you get there. And then you realize, oh my gosh, the scene is different, but I'm still the same. (laughs) And I can arrive, but I, I don't know how to abide, right? Like you can, you can arrive in Austin, but do you know how to abide, right? You can arrive in a new relationship, but do you know how to be in one and abide in it, right? Like you can arrive at a new job, but do you know how to abide at that new job, right? Like arrive to a new church, but do you know how to plant yourself in that church? Like I can arrive, I can come back to God, but do you know, do you know how to live like you're remaining with God, right? Like if you can't abide, you will never fully arrive because you'll think you will, but then you'll get there and then, then you won't be able to be there because you can arrive, but you can't, you can't do this simple thing that, 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 that is not as, it's easier said than done. It's, it's, but, the, but the simplicity of it is refreshing. Jesus is saying, we all want a fruitful future. We all want to live lives that are loud for the kingdom and effective. I wanna make a difference on this planet. And Jesus is saying, okay, easier said than done, but remain in me, remain in me. Orange trees don't have to strive to produce oranges, right? Like orange trees don't like go like, like, and pop out oranges. Like they're really straining to do it. Like, no, they just do it because it's what they were made to do. It's what they were made to do. You were, you were made for a fruitful future without having to, to strive to do it, but just simply remaining, right? When it, when a branch remains, there is no limit to the fruit and there is no straining to produce that fruit. There's no straining to do that. But new can oftentimes be the the great enemy of remaining. Oh, shiny. Like I chase what's shiny because that's gotta be where God is, right? It's grass is greener kind of syndrome. But remaining means that the grass is actually greener where you stay and water it right? There will always be magic over the next horizon. Like, and oftentimes, hey, God does call us to new things. God does call us over the next horizon, all right? But that's like 1% of life. The other 99%, and like me, like I can pack up a a home into a moving truck and move across the country. Like, I'm good at that. I've actually done that a lot. It does not scare me. You want to know what scares me is remaining, remaining, remaining in one place, and seeing what God could do through me if I were to remain connected to him wherever it is that he's planting me while I'm here. Anything is possible with God if given enough time, if given enough time. And sometimes we think, well, man, I'm, how long does he need? I've given him a month. I've given him a year. Like we love our fruit Amazon primed to us, right? Like two days max. If it's the next day, that's even better, right? But oftentimes fruit that outlives your life grows a lot more slowly 
when you give Jesus, when you give Jesus not just a month, but oh my gosh, what he could do in you and through you if you gave him the rest of your life. If you said, Jesus, wherever it is that you're calling me, I'm gonna abide. I'll arrive and then, and then I'm gonna focus on abiding. I'm gonna remain wherever that is. Like the, like the same old, same old gets a bad rap sometimes, right? Like, oh, same old, same old. I feel like God wanted me to tell you, maybe it's time you got like excited about some same old, same old in your 2019, right? Going through the motions is something that gets a bad rap also, right? But if you think about it, like that's only a bad thing. Going through the motions is only a bad thing if the motions are bad. But if you can get caught in the good motions, then every resolution that you have will come true this year. If you can get caught in the good motions, there is something powerful, pow like the future does not belong to the talented or the lucky. The future belongs to the consistent. The consistent, those who can say, okay, Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to remain, right? Like I always make a joke, like, like whole 30 in January, I've done that. And that's great for January, but if you're not consistent, and I'm speaking from experience, February through December, it doesn't really matter what you do in January if the consistency and the remaining is not is not there. There's something to what Jesus is saying about this ability to remain. I remember just a few years ago, uh, my friend was in my office um, and he was kind of having like a, a quarter life crisis trying to figure out like, Doug, what's next for my life? Like I'm trying to hear from the big man upstairs, like speak God, like where do I go next? And, and he was in my office because he had just, uh, he watched a documentary on sex trafficking and was really passionate and burdened in, in the best way. It was awesome about like, he was saying, Doug, this is like, you have no idea. Like I'm learning all these statistics and I had no idea. I knew it was going on, but I didn't know it was going on like to the extent that it is. And I wanna give the next year of my life to taking it down. And I'm gonna move to Cambodia and I'm gonna take it down. And he was asking me, he's like, can you just point me in the right direction? Somebody who I can partner with, somebody who can help me do that. Cause I'm giving the next year of my life and that's awesome. It's awesome because the question he was asking me is, hey, how can I be as fruitful as possible this year? That's an amazing question that all of us should be asking, right? Like I wanna be effective with my endeavors this year. Help me do that. And that's a great burden that he had and a great calling that he had. And, and in that moment, I felt like God downloaded something in me for him and I thought it was for him but it was really actually for me at the time and I felt like God said this I felt like he said tell him to start seeing longer start seeing longer right like he's thinking big he's dreaming big he's willing to live even better and that's awesome challenge him to start seeing longer because anything is possible with God if given enough time right? And I said, hey, man, like, this is great. If you go for one year to Cambodia, God will probably do a lot in you, and it will be life-changing, and there will be fruit, and he will use you to have an impact. But what you want to accomplish, that's not going to happen in one year. It's just not. We overestimate what we can do in one year's time. But man, if you were to give this five years or 10 years or the rest of your life, do you know what God could do through you to something like sex trafficking? I have a friend, he's a pastor named Timothy. He lives in India and uh, we lived with him for about a month back in 2012. And he lives in a, 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 a city called Mirage, India. And his whole, like the last two decades of his life have been devoted to ending sex trafficking in Mirage. Okay, and he's been going for it, man. And he's gonna give the rest of his life to it. And I really believe that before his life is over, he will see it happen. 
Like that will be some of Timothy's fruit from his life, but it's because he's seeing longer, right? Like God can do so much in you if you give him enough time to do that. Like we, we, we love our fruit, Amazon Prime to us, right? Like I wanna make a difference today. God, I want you to do something in my life like this month, right? But like addictions aren't broken overnight most of the time, guys. Good habits aren't formed in a week or two weeks. Some dreams aren't realized in like a year, right? And my whole life has been kind of short-term things where I've done things kind of like a year at a time. Like we do grades one year at a time and then go to college. It's like freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, senior year, senior year, senior year. You know, it's like, and then after we graduate, I'm like, I want to do ministry one year long internship. I did, I did four year long internships and then one year long mission trip, right? And it wasn't until my last job in Denver that I was there for four years and God taught me how amazing it can be to actually plant yourself somewhere and give him time Right? And I think, I think the earlier years of our life, like that's fine, that's great because God does a lot in us. But now I feel like God's saying, okay, it's time to graduate from that because now I wanna do a lot through you. But in order for me to do a lot through you, you have to give me enough time to do it. You have to give me enough time to do it, right? And so I contrast like my friend with, with Timothy and I said, hey man, start seeing longer. Start seeing longer. Like there was a 16 year period between the time David was anointed to be the future king of Israel and the time he became king of Israel. There was 25 years that happened between the time that God promised Abram a son and the time Isaac was actually born, right? Like William Wilberforce took down the slave trade, but it took him his entire life. He did not see the fruition of it, the fruit, until three days before he died. But I'm like, man, thank God William Wilberforce saw longer than a year, right? Thank God he dreamed big, but then he remained and he saw long-term and gave God enough time to do his thing. Our, uh, our worship leader, Corey, he's become one of my best friends. And um, I, I love the guy. He's very talented at writing songs. And um, you, you'd like listen to some of the Red Rocks worship albums, which if you haven't, just a shout out to them. I can give them a shout out and brag on them because I have absolutely nothing to do with it, but they're amazing. Look them up on Spotify. Corey plays a big part of it. And uh, there's a few songs that are, that's coming out on the album uh, this spring that Corey wrote. And, um, and he, like, he does not even like that I'm telling you this right now. I just happen to have very talented friends who are too humble to let the world know what they do. So I just brag on their behalf. He did not ask me to do this. I asked him if I could share this. But he has a few songs on this album. And, and from the surface level, you could kind of step back and be like, hey, man, like, that's really cool. Like, right place, right time. Lucky break. Like, awesome, bro. Like that success, a lucky break or whatever you want to call it. But if you, if you dig a little bit and you, you kind of zoom in on that, Corey came to Red Rocks four years ago, and in his first year here, guys, he wrote, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, 100 songs. Imagine writing 100 songs. He felt like God's calling me to write worship songs, so I'm gonna get writing 100 songs, and zero of them were picked up, all right? The year after that, three years ago, he wrote another 100 songs. Zero got picked up. The next year after that, last year, wrote a hundred more songs. Like this is, like I can't wrap my mind around that. One of them got picked up. This year, a hundred more songs. If you have a calculator, you know we're at 400 right now in four years, 400 songs. This year, four of them are gonna make the album. And so you could look at that on the surface and be like, right place, right time, man, no. 
The miraculous in his life came because he embraces the monotonous behind the scenes, right? You will miss the miraculous. I heard a pastor say that. You'll miss the miraculous and, like, if you resist the monotonous. Oh, man, the magic's over that horizon. No, 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 no. The magic is found in embracing the ordinary of today until you realize it's not as ordinary as I thought. The magic's here. I just need to water the grass, right? You don't get, like, we look at people who are blessed over a lifetime. You don't get blessed over a lifetime by a lucky moment, <laughs> You get blessed over a lifetime by remaining in consistency and embracing the monotony. Ask anybody who does the stock market well, right? You don't do the stock market well based on lucky moments. You do the stock market well based on remaining through the good and through the bad, right? The future does not belong to the lucky or the talented. The future belongs to those who will remain. Jesus was onto something. It really, like, it's that simple, right? belong to somebody, like anybody who will, who will remain. And so back to my office, I'm talking to my friend about Cambodia. God gave me something for him, but it was really for me because we were about to move to Austin, Texas to, to plant this church, okay? And I felt like God said, hey, buddy, like, what about you? Because everything up to this point, man, you see it kind of short term. You wanna see things happen overnight. I am here to tell you, like, what are your dreams for Austin? Because I stay up at night and I dream what I, what I try to think God is dreaming for this city, right? And I'm, I'm not kidding you when I say, like, I believe a tide is shifting. And I believe it's going to be the next couple decades of seeing God do amazing things in this city. I'm not, I'm not like, I, I'm convicted about that at the deepest levels of my heart. And I believe, like, man, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in this city alone are going to come to know Jesus Christ through all the amazing churches that are in this city, okay? And all the prayers that people have been, have been praying for decades in this city, all the, the seeds that people have been sowing long before we got here, like, we're about to see some, something shift in this city. And I'm like, God, what's possible for Red Rocks Church in Austin, Texas? Like, imagine Imagine like the, the people that we could reach and imagine the money that we could give. I want to give millions of dollars to ministries all over the world who are trying to bring heaven to earth in the sphere that God has given them. Like I want to pay, pay bills for churches one day who can't afford to pay their bills. I want to give this stuff to a church plant next year at this time, right? Because it was given to us. Like I want, I have so many dreams and God said, that's awesome. That's not going to happen by next year at this time. It's just not. And that doesn't mean that something's wrong. That just means fruit like this takes longer than what you oftentimes see. If you give me enough time, oh my gosh, what I could do in you and through you if you gave me that time. Like if you remained, and I have no idea how long this whole adventure will be. I hope it goes a long time. But my, like we, we, we moved out here not for a round trip, but for a one way saying, God, we're about to plant ourselves in a city because we believe that you're calling us here and we're ready to remain because I believe, man, if I gave you a long enough time, God, there is, there, you could do immeasurably more in us and through us than, than even our craziest dreams. I believe that with all my heart, with all my heart, all my heart, there is power to remaining. There's power to remaining. Even now, we, uh, my wife and I just had our first baby five months ago. And by that, I mean, she had our first baby five months ago. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting serious now about thinking about what it will look like to pass on a church legacy to my son, Will, one day. And how cool it would be to be able to give him, hey, Will, here's one church. 
that your mom and I planted ourselves in and remained through the good seasons and through the bad seasons, right? Through the good and the bad. Because this ain't a perfect church. And with all my heart, guys, like, I will never, like, I, like God's going to take care of this church. He really is. We've, we've learned from leaders who have come and gone before us that we need to be um, kingdom-minded and big C-minded. Like, if we focus on that, that church with the capital C, God's going to take care of the rest. Like, as long as, as you're just planting yourself somewhere, like, from the bottom of my heart, like, if you cut me open and find out what I'm really all about, that is what I pray for, okay? If it's not here, that's fine. Just make it be somewhere. But just know, no church is perfect, and that includes this one, right? And I'm like, okay, I want to stick it out in spite of the imperfections. And like, I don't want to pass on to Will the whole traditional, hey, here's, here's my critical review of the five to ten churches we kind of sort of attended while you grew up. I want to be like, no, here's a legacy of one place that we planted, like the compound blessing that you tap into when you plant yourself in one place and you remain. Oh my gosh, like Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. Potential is everywhere. What's not as common is fruit. But if you remain, he's saying, hey, I know it's not easy, but it's simple. Remain in me and fruit will just come as you do that. Our two really good friends, Tyler and Laura, um, moved here from Southern California. And Austin's beautiful. I love the city, but from the beach. They moved here because they were like, God's calling us to be a part of this church. And since the day that they said yes, everything has gone wrong since moving out here. Nobody ever said following Jesus was for the faint of heart, right? Nobody ever said that. Thank God, Tyler and Laura, they're not the faint of heart. Like they're cut out for this, right? They're cut out for this. They are bought in for this. And they've been nothing but obedient this whole time. And all they have faced is resistance, but they're not going anywhere. And we interviewed them. And I'm about to show you this in, in just a couple seconds. But we interviewed them. And one thing Tyler said was, hey, one day they just had a little girl also. So they're going through all of this while Laura was pregnant. They just have a little, a little girl. And Tyler said, hey, one day I want Grace, my little girl, to be able to tell stories about why her parents stayed, not why we left. And I just thought, man, that convicted me as a guy who's not done great at remaining in the past. I'm like, man, there's like a, a, a shift in my life, a holy shift, emphasis on the f in that, a holy shift in my life where God's like, hey, from this point on, buddy, what if you remained, oh my gosh. And so I want to show you this. Watch this video. You guys have probably gone through more than anybody else in this process. <laughs> um, Is there an award we get for that? Oh, and I was on bed rest too. Yeah, I that's forgot right. about that. Yeah. So when I first heard about Red Rocks Austin, I was like, let's go. And then I was like, I don't know if she's going to be going for this. Yeah, when I first heard about Red Rocks Austin, I was like, good for them. That's great. <laughs> we live in Southern California, and I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, but then I had had a couple dreams about Austin out here. Then she had a dream that I don't remember what the time frame was, but... It was about us being in Austin, and so we just kind of figured out, like, okay, maybe we should start praying about if we're actually like being called to go. I had a really good job. We had great health insurance and health insurance was important for Laura and um, PKU. So it was one of those things. It's like, it's like, it's so good right now. Like why, like why would we go? I have a, a acquaintance that has the same disease that I do and she lives in the Austin area. And she uh, just reached out to me and was like, hey, I don't know why I need to tell you this, but I, I have PKU and this is what insurance issues are like here. This is like how you'll get your treatment. This is 
like the doctors that you should go to because they're great in the area. And it just seemed like every day, like I would have a reservation, like we'd pray in the morning, I'd have a reservation and then like, it would like literally be answered <laughs> like that day. And then the final, the final thing was his dad. And he was like, you know, I was just sitting there and like the Holy Spirit told me, you guys are leaving. He had no idea we were even considering or praying about going to Austin. My reaction was like, oh crap. <laughs> like, man, I guess we are supposed to go. And we kind of just got here and we're driving around. And we're like, what did we do? Because at that point, like our house was sold. Like it was done. We hadn't been to Austin yet. So Moving sick. out here has been anything but easy. I started looking for a job back in February and literally got nothing. And then on top of that, we had high-risk doctor's appointments because the pregnancy was high-risk, so. Like maybe we had to go back to California to have this baby. We got a house that we had no idea had so many issues. <laughs> like we couldn't go to the bathroom in our house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 30 minutes before we're getting picked up to go to the airport to go home, I get a job, or I get the call from the job and they they offer me the job right there. And we were just like, we were blown away. I think it just comes down to we know that we're supposed to be here. I truly feel like we've been called to come out here and help in whatever way we need to do. And I think that that is like, that is what love looks like in an action. I want my kids to see that like, that's what faith sometimes looks like. It's not easy. I That would be a tough conversation to have with our daughter further down the road of like, oh, why, why didn't we stay kind of thing? Right. Rather than like her being able to explain to her why we did stay and then the everything that's happened because of that out here. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Man, that convicted me. That convicted me. Um, here's why we stayed. Here's why we chose to remain, right? Like, we didn't, we didn't go chasing the magic over the next horizon. We remained here, and we dug it up where we were at, right? And, and God, look what God did through us because we did that. And I wonder for you, I want to challenge you, for you personally, what is that? Where is God calling you to remain? He gives us the freedom, guys, the permission. Like, guys, go, dream big and live better. Go and, go and actually do it. You were not designed to take untapped potential with you to the grave. You were designed to remain in me, connected to the source of power, and let me convert that potential into fruit, into things that will long outlive you after you're gone from here, right? long outlive you. You are a part of something so much bigger. So for you individually, I want to just maybe just ask God, like, God, inspire me this week. Paint a picture for what's possible if I gave you enough time, right? If I gave you enough time. For New Year's resolutions, I think the source of power is just time. Given enough time, all of them will work if given enough time. So much potential, so much potential. And here's why we stayed when we had so many reasons to keep, keep chasing it over the next hill. Sometimes God calls to that. I'm good at that. I'm not good at planting myself and remaining, but I'm, I've never been more excited about it in my whole life than I am right now because I know, man, like I know in my knower that we're supposed to be here. I know that they say, don't plant a church in Austin. They don't grow in Austin. But I know, man, I just know that a tide is shifting. In Christianity, the tide is coming in. I am telling you because everything else has been failing to deliver on what it's been promising and people are noticing. 
People are thirsty. People are hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. That something more is God. And I'm like, no, we're, we're gonna stay here and we're gonna remain until we build the most welcoming front porch that this city has ever seen. And I think because of you guys, we're on track to do that. I feel like home here already. I really do. Jesus said, man, you'll know them by their fruit, not their potential. You'll know them by their fruit, the things they did, the ways they, they served and stewarded their energy and their resources, right? The families they started, the, the coworkers they discipled, the, the friends they introduced to Jesus, the church they built, the businesses they started. You will know them not by their potential, but by their fruit. And I find a lot of comfort in the simplicity of this idea of like, hey, good seasons will come, bad seasons will come, and I have a tendency to let my emotions ride with those seasons, and Jesus is saying, hey, just take a step back. If you could zoom out on this whole thing and see all the time here, man, you would not lose sleep at night. You would not lose sleep at night. Anything is possible with God if given enough time. Remain in me. I will remain in you. If you remain in life union with me, fruitfulness will just stream from within you like an orange tree branch. You were, you were made for this, made for this. You do not strive for it. You simply let God show off in your life. Never doubt or downplay what he can accomplish through people, both individual and corporately, who are just simply willing to remain. Amen.